0: Welcome to the Florian Sportscast Podcast, the most refreshing analysis, insight, and opinions on the world of sports. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. All right, welcome back. Episode three, let's get right into it. Brandon, how are we feeling today?
1: Oh man, depends what you're asking me, if we're feeling sports or if we're feeling physically, because we've been on the microphone for a couple of hours now. What are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling good. Uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback, and I'm ready to just keep on rolling. We have an interview later in today's episode, so the initial sports talk is going to be a little shorter than the last two, but um, Mason Black from NHL Ranking will be joining us at the end of the episode today.
1: Covers a lot of NHL.
0: A lot, so we're probably just going to skip the NHL talk and then get back to it at the end, so don't worry about that. Uh, NFL Sunday. Let's get to it. So, uh, I think the biggest story coming out of this weekend in the NFL Odell Beckham Jr. torn ACL. Um, I guess there wasn't a mutual understanding between him and his ACL. He tore it. Um, what do you think of this?
1: Yeah, no. one second. I can't, I'm just, I can't find the document right now. i got to go to the different uh, Google account. Oh, but um, yeah, official news today. Um, You saw if you were watching yesterday, Odell went down, but um, it's official that he tore his ACL. And now, you know, uh, I found the doc, so we're good. But, yeah, I mean, I know what I'm talking about because it's hard to – inspiration. I mean, I don't like the Browns, but I don't even really like Beckham, but I'm feeling for both of them today. So we got a a retrofitted here. Browns jersey, but – He's such a he's such a superstar athlete, and you see this happen with like Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, just athletes in general. The ACL injury—I don't even know what—but just that that is such a common tragic injury, man. And when it happens like so early in someone's career, before they've even really done anything, mm-hmm. it's uh you know
0: it's a. Shame. I feel for him,
1: I, I mean, feel for him. I feel for him personally, and uh, the Browns. The
0: they're Browns, in trouble now. There the What do you think? Uh, I'm trying to find the the mess the tweet you sent me because I got a good laugh out of it. And I think it describes the injury pretty well. Yeah, it was uh, Saquon uh, and
1: o- Odell were side by side in a tweet, and uh, some guy said, "You know, why are ACLs even a yeah. thing? They just dare to be torn." Yeah. Stupid so, ass ligament.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, he, he's a big part of that Browns team. As much as we laugh at the Browns and make fun of them, and you know they're the. They were the laughing stock of the NFL for multiple years. But now you hate to see athletes in their primes get injured when they're doing well. And now they've lost probably their best player. You could argue that it's Baker Mayfield, but man, losing OPJ is gonna be it's a big hit to the Browns. They managed to win the game still. Um, really? again, they were playing the Bengals. So you know, what if you lose? You know, you lose them, and you're playing a team that's a little more talented than the Bengals, who looked good. The Bengals did look good, and they almost, almost won it at the end with a hail mary. In uh, after time it expired, but the receiver couldn't just get his hands on it.
1: Yeah, but, man, that's the uh, that's uh. There's two two or three weeks ago. There's that one Sunday in the NFL where Saquon got hurt, where like everyone got hurt. Yeah, and it's just, it's just like oh, rest in peace, leaps flag. I'm leaving it. <laughs> uh, what's the word? Uh, yeah, Saquon
0: got hurt and everybody got hurt that weekend. Um,
1: at least are falling down, man.
0: All <laughs> oh, good. Three off, eh?
1: But uh, Saquon and the ACL and the Odell. Yeah, I mean, they won. Do you think Landry's enough on the receiving end? No. No.
0: No, they need, they need Beckham Jr. They're, they're probably still going to make the playoffs. I think they got a little bit of a light schedule. Um, but, you know, Baker lost his best player, his best receiver. So we'll see how they do with that. Uh, in other injury news, Cowboys lost Andy Dalton uh, to a cheap shot to the head. It was a dirty hit. He was out instantly. The player who hit him got ejected from the game. Um, and now the Cowboys are in real trouble. They lost. They are pretty much playing a lost season now. Um, coaching staff. They've lost the coaching staff. Or sorry, the coaching staff has lost the players. They're down to their third string quarterback. Like, what are we looking at here out in Dallas?
1: Yeah. Um, uh Is the third string a name? Does he have a name, or is he like a nobody? I didn't recognize it. I'm yeah. So, I don't know if you saw the full hit. Did you see that hit on Andy Dalton? He almost got decapitated. Yeah. It was dirty. That player got kicked out right away. Yeah, he did.
0: You got ejected from the game. I think it's Ben DiNucci.
1: Are the Bengals even doing anything anyway? Cowboys? Oh, wait a minute. The Cowboys. Why did I say that? The Bengals play on the Bengals. Dalton, right? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Uh, the Cowboys Oh, the Cowboys doing anything? the Cowboys third string. Yeah. I didn't, you, you didn't have much of a name for me. You're right. I don't uh, recognize him.
0: No, but, um, yeah, they're in trouble there. I think they're playing a lost season. They're going to need a miracle. I heard some talk that, uh, Colin Kaepernick might end up with a job there. I, the amount of times, oh, least... I mean, the amount of times they've heard this now, though, Kaepernick's going to go here. Kaepernick's going to go there. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I just think the Cowboys are going to have to finish the season with what they have and then regroup in the off season and hopefully come back stronger. I mean, they were supposed to do some damage this year, but damage is being done to them. So, <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't know. This is I saw someone saying something about how, how Jerry Jones deserves this, like just in terms of how he treated uh, Dak and the money.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, the team deserves it. The players it's happening to though. It's uh it's a shame. You hate seeing athletes get hurt, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. So,
0: yeah. Moving on, uh, there was a play in the NFL this weekend, and it blew my mind. We had who was it? We had Buddha Baker was free and clear after a pick six, and he was he was going to make it, and he got chased down. Did you see this play?
1: Yes, I did.
0: And he was chased down by DK Metcalf. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. And this play, I have never seen a man run that fast in my life. Like he was eyes on him. Gun speed. I believe he hit 38 kilometers an hour at one point, uh, flew down the field, made the tackle and, uh, it did not convert on the play. So they, he did actually stop a a scoring drive, which is unreal to think about it. Go and watch this play. It is a unreal show of athleticism. It just shows you that NFL players are just all around great athletes. Um, it was unreal. Like, the way he ran ran him down, he was not letting him into that end zone.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it sucks when your uh, ride receiver has to make the defensive highlight in, the, in, the, in yeah. the game. But, you know. It's not ideal. What's done is done.
0: But that, that just uh, that stood out for me. Uh, over to the Patriots. Cam Newton was benched. Um,
1: Dude, I am, yeah. Rest in peace, Cam Newton and the Patriots, man.
0: I don't really, I didn't, wasn't, it didn't really pick up on my radar till the end. So why, um, why was he benched? Do you know?
1: I wasn't necessarily watching it, but I know I saw the, saw the final score, and uh, <laughs> the Patriots got blown out, did they not? Yeah. They got blown out by who? Someone who I didn't even expect to get them blown uh, they out They
0: got by. blown out by. I'm gonna screw this up unless I check. The Broncos. Uh, 49ers 33 to six
1: yeah just absolutely torched and then I heard some you know rumblings about if Belichick thought Newton's spot was in question or you know that's what I woke up to today and I was just like well holy like what did I miss you know so I'm about to go and check his uh I'm gonna try to go check his box score from yesterday if I'm being honest with you so give me two seconds
0: I mean it seemed to come out of nowhere for me I was just kind of chilling watching the football game and then I just kind of see on my Twitter feed that, oh, Cam Newton's on his way out. Cam Newton's been benched. And I'm going, what? And just a funny side note for that, Jimmy Garoppolo was the QB for the 49ers. He was uh, Tom Brady's backup for three years, so he got to beat his old
1: team. So listen, so for Cam Newton, his stat line was uh, 15 attempts with nine completions with three interceptions for 98 yards. Well, that's not what you want. So that's why he was yanked. And then the backup guy, his name is Jay, don't know the first, give me a Jay Stidham, what's his first name? Jay Stidham, Jarrett, Jarrett Stidham. He threw for 64 yards on 60% passing on 10 attempts with one interception. So the Patriots are missing Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom
0: Brady is not missing the Patriots because the Buccaneers pulled off another win this weekend. Uh, they look dominant. They beat the Raiders 45-20. to 20. Um, Brady's looking good, man. He's getting better. Brady better is getting he. better.
1: Antonio Brown
0: alert. Yeah, I guess we can go right into that. Antonio Brown signs with the Buccaneers one year, so the rest of the year, I guess. Um, do you think he'll fit in while well there?
1: So this is interesting because Tom Brady's now chased, chased Antonio Brown twice uh, as twice. he's been a free agent. So once – Literally in New England, and then um, obviously now here in Tampa Bay, and I saw this thing and like he has so many weapons, and people are just I literally saw an article by someone on uh, Twitter uh, mentioning how it, it, it it's uh, an insurance policy that they signed Antonio Brown when I'm not necessarily sure that having someone with his ability, skill set, and experience is an insurance liability when he could easily be your first or second option.
0: Right. Um... I don't think he's going to play prime minutes right away. I think he's going to be. He's going, going to, to catch to the ball, play.
1: though. He
0: will. And I think they just got to be careful of his usage early on because he is obviously going to be there for the playoff push. So they're just going to want to warm them up and bring him in because he hasn't played in a while. And um, yeah, I thought it was a. We we kind of all saw it coming when it looked, when uh, it was leaked that he was been in a toss with them. And Brady had scouted him before. He played one game and obviously had to step away because of. Uh, legal reasons, he was under investigation for some things we won't get into, but um, yeah, it's good good signing for them. Hopefully, he fits in. You know, people have been saying be a ple- t- be a team player or get out. So hopefully, he's a team player and falls in line with coaching.
1: That's staff what the coach. And- that's what the coach said, right?
0: Yeah. So you know, they're not going to have patience for them. And I mean, best of luck to the guy. I uh, I hope it works out. Uh, the Buffalo Bills Your Bills did not look very good. They won. They won. They beat the Jets. Um, but so the Jets fall to 0-7, but uh, they won 18-10 to and watching the game, they did not look very good. I'm starting to get worried about my Bills. Um, they're 5-2 and on the season now. Josh Allen did not have his best outing against the Jets, and at points they trailed in the game by as much as 10 points. Um, so
1: he threw for 300 yards. Yeah. On 30 completions with 43 attempts with zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah.
0: No touchdowns is the worrying thing because that Jets defense is not good. So, um, well,
1: they're still in first in their division.
0: Yeah. Buffalo but, Bills. but they got to keep an eye out because they still have to play some powerhouse teams. And if you're struggling against a Jets team, you're going to be struggling against, uh, like bigger more powerful teams.
2: Speaking and, of I mean,
0: powerhouses, yeah, how does, the Steelers? Steelers still undefeated. They are the only undefeated team in the NFL this year, uh, or the last undefeated team in the NFL this year. Um, I don't think they'll stay undefeated. I think uh, Big Ben's going to get tired. You know, He's going to have a game where he's looking tired. But they beat the Titans 27-24, so it was a close game. Entertaining close game.
1: three interceptions, the guy.
0: Right, like, and – Uh, I think the team around him is playing well for a change, which is where they are getting most of their success from. It's not an individual showcase this year. They are playing well around him, which is good. And, you know, the Steelers, they might make a run at the Super Bowl. Can they do it? I don't know. Uh, Still lots of football left, though, but they are a undefeated team. The last one standing. So uh, how would you uh, how would you
1: um, how would you uh, set up Monday night football here for us?
0: Monday night football. Um, Bears Rams, two okay teams. I mean, the Bears are five and one. The Rams are four and two. It's nice for Bears fan to be five and one now. Like they didn't look very good last year. The Rams are a pretty good team. Uh, I think it's gonna be a nice close game. I'm not sure what the spread is, but both teams um, they feel disrespected. Like we got two disrespected teams going against each other. So um, I think it's going to be a tight game to the finish. And hopefully we see some good football. I don't want to see a blowout on Monday night football. That's the worst because it's the only game on, right? So um, let me just check the spread quickly. But I think the Bears will be favored. Let me take a look. Um, however, it might be a pick 'em, which means... Uh, it's really close. Take your chance. The Rams are favored by a touchdown at the moment. So, but that could change.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I'll, if I'll you're, be watching, oh, there you go. If you're I'll, a football fan, you might be watching.
0: But that was pretty much the NFL wrap up. A couple other scores of note. Um, We had the Chargers beat the Jags 39 to 29. So Jags continue to fall. Uh, The Cardinals beat the Seahawks in overtime yesterday, 37 to 34. That was a good Sunday night game. Uh, The Lions beat the Falcons 23 to 22. Funny little play in that game. The Falcons tried to kill time on the clock by taking a knee just before the end zone, but the guy who took a knee actually fell into the end zone, scoring a touchdown, which gave the Lions the ball back with 104 on the clock, and they were able to come within range and uh, get the touchdown to tie it up and then hit a field goal with no time left on the clock.
1: Thank you for explaining that, because that and they, that was I, – I heard a lot about – I saw this picture of this guy. I was like, why is this a thing? And he's just, like, kneeled over the end zone yeah. by an inch.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it at first, and then I looked into it. I was like, oh, boy. Uh, the Packers keep rolling, beat the Texans 35-20, to 20, uh, and then we had the Saints beating the Panthers 27-24. to 24. So it was a pretty good week in NFL football. Uh, any final thoughts on the NFL? Uh,
1: yeah, prayers to Odell. He'll be back. Hopefully we can uh, keep limiting the COVID cases and stay on the field.
0: Yeah, right? So that'll be good. Uh, you want to go to the NBA quickly because it's just kind of one story? Yeah, so there's on.
1: not much really going on in the NBA this week, at least since we last talked about it. At least that was a couple days ago, So and it's already the off season, so don't expect too much right now. But uh, the NBA was initially gearing up to set up in the M- uh, early to mid-date of a January 2021 uh, calendar, but now it seems – Through pushback of the players, maybe, or some management and GMs, they're trying to get a Christmas Day start. Some people are saying Christmas miracle. Obviously, that would be amazing to see this, especially if it was live on instead of just generally maybe Boxing Day. If it was actually the first game of the season on Christmas Day. That would be a first, uh, I mean, obviously it has to be a first in NBA history, but there's always Christmas games that are super anticipated for, that are like rivalries almost, just on Christmas Day, which is usually in the middle of the year. But to have opening day on Christmas would uh, would be a great gift for the NBA fans, especially because of, uh, I think, the ability that the NBA has to pull it off, right? Right.
0: Yeah, and the reason they're doing this and the NHL is looking at the same thing is because they're already considering the 2021 season a lost season um, because it should have started right by now for both leagues. So they want to get started as quickly as possible and get it out of the way so they can be back on track for the 2022-2023 season. Yeah, They want to be able to get that. 2021 for all sports is going to be a lost revenue, uh, not lost revenue year. They want to be able to get back on track for 2022 with a full – slate of games and back to their regular calendar. The NHL doesn't want to be starting in December. The NBA doesn't want to be starting in December. They want to be able to run one season, so the 2021 season, from December to, say, August or even July, and then get back into the swing of things by September, November for a full 82-game season next season after the 2021. That's crazy
1: you mentioned that, actually, because uh, half of the reason that... uh, that the, the professional leagues want to get back on track into some uh, normalcy in, in terms of scheduling is because here's a prime example of the MLB has lost 3.1 – is it million, I believe, dollars or billion? I have to go recheck billion. that. Billion. billion. dollars The MLB has lost 3.1 billion dollars uh, since the pandemic started and due to the shortened season. Do you guys hear 3.1 billion dollars?
0: Um, I'm not surprised my um, God, man! they played 60 games which is about 100 less than they normally play per team times that by all the teams in the league they're not having fans in the crowd so they got no gate revenue um, and I, I'm not sure how the TV rights worked but if say a TV deal wasn't given their 162 games I doubt they were paying the full price for, to have rights to the games so it doesn't shock me they lost that much money they'll make it back no problem. Um, it's just, you know, everyone's at a loss right now. And the NLB might be one that hits the hardest because it's one of the bigger leagues for sports wise. Um, it's crazy. That's the amount of money they lost though. It's uh, yeah. you know, the world series is still going. Speaking on. of craziness. Yeah. What, world, a
1: finish, what a finish to that last game, man.
0: Yeah. Um It was a good game. I mean, I would just want to touch on, so last night was game five. The Dodgers went up 3-2. Clayton Kershaw was on the mound. He got the win, and he also now holds the record for postseason strikeouts with 207. Uh, But if we go back to game four, the Rays won off of two errors in the last play of the game. Um, That can't happen in the World Series, but it happens. It's baseball. It's crazy. So uh, they were able to tie it up, and then last night the Dodgers pulled ahead. But what stood out to me about that game was somebody tried a race player tried to steal home uh, while that. Kershaw was pitching. I just thought it was a you know an example of going for the win when you shouldn't be when you're uh, down, and it was an aggressive play. It didn't work out for him, but I thought it was creative, and uh, I appreciated the effort from him, even if it didn't work yeah. out.
1: Got to play a little bit smarter there, I think.
0: Yeah. But, you know, if you're down, you're down. So you got to be able to tie it back up. But I believe game six goes tonight, and then game seven is on Wednesday, I believe. So uh, let me double check that. But Kershaw will be available for game seven if needed. Um, I think it'll go to – sorry, game six is tomorrow, and then game seven is Wednesday. So um, – It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think we'll go to Game 7. be entertaining.
1: But, like yeah, I said. So that's what's going on in the MLB. And uh, what do you got for us next?
0: Uh, just some quick soccer news. Just a follow-up to one of our stories. Um, well, not our stories, but something we talked about. With uh, Our story. Yeah. We, we, we reported. You it, need but, to pay uh, us for it. Yeah. But the MLS... Will award the supporter Shield this year after pushback from players, supporters, and fans and management. So the regular season trophy will be awarded to the top earning point getter in the MLS. So they weren't originally going to do that, but now they are. And uh, just a side note to TFC, they had their youngest player make a debut this weekend because they were losing 5 nothing to Philadelphia.
1: Um Oh man, did you see, uh, actually, did you see the Alfonso Davies get hurt? Yeah, I saw that too. That's brutal. He's out six to eight weeks. So he's a he's a promising Canadian superstar. If you guys didn't know, soccer player who's playing across the seas now, right?
0: Yeah, he's playing uh, overseas in Europe. And um, what do
1: you got for us? I see you touched on golf here.
0: Yeah, um, it was. The Zozo, tur- the Zozo Championship is usually held in Japan because of COVID restrictions. They moved it over to the States this year. And usually it's a showcase for um, big names. But Tiger Woods finished uh, one under and Mickelson was three over. And those were two of the bigger names in it. Patrick Cantley won at 23 under. And Corey Connors tied for eighth at 18 under. So it was the only golf one, the only golf tournament going on this weekend. So I just thought I'd highlight it. Um, there were some good shots actually and uh on thursday i believe this wasn't at the zozo but we saw on the italian pga tour i believe uh somebody was teeing off and they actually hit the power line going over the golf course so he got to re-tee his ball in a free drop which is i haven't seen that before so i just thought that was interesting and then three other players proceeded to hit the power lines so don't hit the power lines when you're golfing i guess but uh I think Tiger Woods is done. Phil Mickelson maybe done too. I mean, he's wiping up on the seniors tour though. I think he's a, two, a perfect two and zero on it, but uh, yeah, Canada showed up at the event. Corey Connors tied for eighth, which was uh, nice to see.
1: Speaking of Canada showing up for things, let's uh, before we touch on the UFC, I wanted to touch on something a little bit closer to home here. Nice. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, I try. I try. So, uh, it's an unfortunate story. It's not necessarily related to sports in the rooting of it, but uh, the Argo, the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL, came out with a very positive uh, message after such an unfortunate incident uh, here in Pickering, Ontario. If you're not aware of uh, what happened, I'll give you a very short explanation, but there was a high school here in Pickering, Ontario. Uh, there was, this is on the news. Uh, the police were involved. There was a yearbook and there was a quote and there was a racist quote. And uh, the individual receiving that racist quote was African-American. And um, that the backlash was, uh, was was uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it, it was backlash uh, from the public to the school and how the school didn't understand how that this got through to the yearbooks and all the students had to give their yearbooks back and no one can really understand how this would have happened through what I've heard. Because uh, it seems as if, though, uh, it's, it's the Pickering High School released a statement just saying that this is not what they are and it's not what they stand for. So it's good that they said that. But uh, 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 more news is that the, the individual who received these remarks, uh, the Toronto Argonauts, uh, I, I don't know if he's a football player himself, but if the Toronto Argonauts saw this, and they came up to his house in uh, a parade formation, almost yeah. with a couple of the players, I'm sure, and some of the management. And they uh, simply just read him a, a letter. The individual who received all the uh, who received, not he received the hate in the in the yearbook, and he was just heartbroken before, and he's he's still very heartbroken. And what happened though is the Argonauts have funded this man, this this young man's. Uh, four years for in a, any Canadian universities for as a scholarship, they're mm-hmm. funding him for free, and uh, it, it just goes to show that I think this is a perfect example of sports bringing uh, life together. Yeah, for sure. And giving and giving an a, an everyday individual, if maybe if they're not even connected into sports or not, showing them that uh, sports has a beautiful place in this world for giving back.
0: Yeah, it was a nice story to see. I mean, obviously, it wasn't nice how it came about. but It wasn't uh, a very
1: good one, yeah, for yeah, sure. Uh,
0: the Argos put a uh, put their stamp on it and made it a positive story. And this young man's... That, and beautiful. it's
1: great for sports, yes. yeah, It's great for sports, recognizing that it, something always needs to be done. Yeah, for sure. The um, right thing needs to be done.
0: Yeah. So we had UFC over the weekend. Uh, Speaking of the right
1: man, thing needed to be done, a superstar has retired.
0: Yeah, Khabib called it. He won his fight um, in the second round via a triangle choke. And after the fight, he called it, says he doesn't want to fight anymore um, without his dad in his corner, which is understandable. Um, he's being called as one of the greatest, if not the greatest fighter of all time. Finished 29-0. and 0, And that lightweight division just got a lot more interesting now the title vacant. Um, he had a good career. I would have liked to see him fight couple more times but we got to respect his wishes he doesn't want to fight without his dad in his corner who unfortunately passed away in the last couple months so uh all the best to him and his family but i think the story that stands out more for me in the ufc is that you sent me this somebody won their fight and i don't even know who it was but this was so disgusting and they had the Nelk boys with them and they all spat in his shoe and then oh
1: my god and then he drank it Dude, what was that? That was, that was insane. In the that times was- of COVID, if you are not aware of the Nelk boys, they are uh, just a group of uh, – they're almost like the next the, – the, they were starting to become more of the next uh, versions of, if you're aware of, jackass back in the day. They are just more or less stuntmen doing these disgusting acts or ways to get attention but sometimes they're not acts, they're pranks as well. They're funny. They're, they have their moments. And one of these moments was uh, helping – I don't know how they get these places, but somehow they get behind the scenes of a UFC event to spit in someone's shoe to celebrate while he drinks beer out of it. Yeah, I would never do that. If you guys have not seen the video, you should be able to very excessively, uh, I'm sure, over Instagram. It is uh, not for, like, the light, 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 light stomach, maybe if you're, if you're thinking into uh, – it would have tasted but uh if you're not I mean, like something just like absolutely insane man
0: like if that's what you get for winning a fight what's the loser doing
1: you know what the loser's probably enjoying a nice hot tub or cold bath so i'm not worried about what that guy's doing i'm worried about what yeah. i just watched
0: yeah for sure well that's pretty much all we had on tap we're gonna transition over to interview with mason black now um, so until then, we have a special episode coming out on Wednesday for women in sports. That one is pretty much wrapped up and complete. And then on Friday, we'll be back with a regular episode. So- and if you're listening to this,
1: please be on the lookout for Instagram pictures of the first annual golf Orion classic coming yeah. soon.
0: Tomorrow morning, uh, it's going to be three degrees. So wear a coat.
1: here we go. All
0: right. And I'm going to transition now over to Mason. So thanks everybody. Bye. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Orion Sportscast. We're joined today by a very special guest, Mason Black from the NHL Ranking app. Uh, Mason, do you want to tell us about who you are, your background in hockey, all that good stuff?
2: Sure. Um, So I played hockey pretty much my entire life. Um, I was pretty fortunate. I got a scholarship down to uh, the U.S., played a little Div 3, um, just uh, north of Chicago at a small liberal arts school called Lake Forest College. Um, and then from there, I, I kind of had the choice of, uh, going to some semi-pro or some pro overseas and decided that I would, uh, get into a teaching career instead. So started when I was pretty young and, uh, I've been working away at that for about the last 18 years or so. So, um, yeah.
0: So, um, how did the, just to get right to the app, because it's one of my favorite, favorite apps to use just for any, any, Josh, tell the
1: viewer what the name of the app is.
0: Uh, NHL Rank King. So it's a play on words there. But um, I came across this app. I think I just saw it on Twitter. And I, just, I just was like, oh, I'll check this out. I love everything. You know, I was really uh, drawn into the, uh, how in-depth it is and uh, the many usages for it. So how did this app come around? Like, What were you thinking? How did it all come to, to it, fruition?
2: Um, it kind of actually ties into my teaching career a little bit. Um, I was asked to take over our computer science department at the high school that I teach at. And I'd been out of the game for a little bit, so I hadn't done any computer programming. So I thought i better try to figure out how to do that, relearn all the little skills and things. And I thought, what better way to do that than to actually create something that I'm actually interested in? So it started with uh, something actually pretty simple. So there's a little game inside of the app called Who'd You Rather? Two players pop up, and you just have to choose which one you would rather have on your fantasy team. I, 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 that's a great, I
1: just noticed that that was the most interesting part when I was researching the app. I was like, why am I choosing this right now? I was kind of confused. Like, why do I have the choice?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, every time that you pick a player, the rankings get adjusted. So, um, you know, if you're going to take, um, let's say Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid, and let's say that you choose Austin Matthews, his ranking will increase slightly and Connor McDavid's will drop a little bit. And then every single time, you know, thousands of times per day, as users are playing this "who'd you rather" game, those overall rankings get adjusted. So it kind of creates like um, um, the law of averages takes over. So uh, traditionally, what we typically have. Um, when we start doing rankings for things like fantasy, fantasy hockey, and fantasy football is there's a lot of bias in there. I think uh, most of us cheer for a team and tend to gravitate towards, you know, the players that we know the best or that we just have that gut feeling that this guy's going to end up producing later on. Um, and hopefully what happens is that's that bias is get uh, gets taken out inside the app because we literally have thousands of people that are, um, contributing to that part of the app. So that's how it started. Um, that was just kind of, you know, I wanted to do something uh, that I could actually get something out of it so that as uh, I take a look at my fantasy leagues, I want to see, you know, who are the best players and, you know, who are the guys that I'm ranking higher than, than the consensus, um, and then who are the guys that I'm ranking lower than, than the consensus.
0: Right, I like that. Uh, there's, a, there's a stat in there that I'd never seen before um, when I opened the app and there was a little bit of background on it, but I just want you to talk about it maybe for our listeners, uh, explain what it is. And that's the PNHLE stat. Um, what is that? Where did that come around from?
2: Um, so for the longest time, I, you know, I think all of us, uh, that are inside, you know, dynasty leagues or keeper leagues and fantasy, uh, oftentimes we have to, um, make choices on prospects that are coming up. And the problem with that is most of the time, we don't have enough time ourselves to watch all of these prospects play. So the PNHLE stat basically equalizes uh, and comes up with a single number that represents the prospect point potential if they make it to the NHL. So it's not a stat that says, you know, this player is 90% guaranteed to get there. It actually, that's not a part of the stat at all. It just says if they do get there, what can we expect from them when they're 25, 26? Uh, So I was uh, pretty fortunate. I did my master's a couple of years ago, and one of the courses I took was like a mathematical problem solving, and the professor let me kind of build that stat. It's something that I'd been working on for quite a while, but just inside spreadsheets. So this way, I was able to, to like academically kind of go through the process of developing something that, um, you know, had uh, you know a math professor in university take a look at my work and kind of verify um, how good or how bad it was, or give me recommendations on how to tweak it and to make it a little bit better. So yeah, so just um the sense of the pnhle or stat is uh it just projects what a prospect's point potential is down the road
0: right and i find that stat really interesting because when it comes to the draft you know you're you know maybe the players in the first two rounds and where they're going to end up and then after that it's kind of like okay who is this guy where's he going and then you can kind of take a look at that and see even from previous drafts um what they're expected to be and that's one thing i found really helpful and interesting with the app i'm just glad i have a better understanding of how that came around uh, and what it is
2: uh yeah so the, yeah go ahead um yeah it's kind of interesting you know like the the app started with that who'd you rather game and just come came up with uh prospect ranking uh and nhl player rankings and then uh from there it's kind of evolved almost into a prospect app um yeah so it's let, let the users guide the direction that they wanted to see the different features. So I take a lot of recommendations. And when I have time, I mean, I just do it as a hobby. So when I have time, I try to build in all of the features. So over time, it continually evolves. Um, and PNHLE is something obviously that's devoted mainly towards prospects. And when you're trying to find out who are the best prospects coming up. And like you said, um, you can usually take a look at the first round of an NHL draft and, you know, pick off those players who, Uh, we think are going to be better down the road. But one of those things is oftentimes prospects are, you know, a defensive defenseman. So coming from a fantasy standpoint, um, you don't necessarily want to draft, let's say a Braden Schneider, who was uh, drafted this year by the New York Rangers. Um, Instead, you probably want to go for, let's say like a Jamie Drysdale, who should have a pretty high offensive upside to him down the road.
0: Right. And that's uh, a, fantasy is a big thing with uh, especially in our age demographic and a lot of people, they don't, they just go for the big players, right? And uh, this allows you to look in depth of the player and what they can expect and give them a little bit more background. Uh, obviously the app, the app is really in depth and provides a lot of uh, analysis standpoints. Have any teams or organizations reached out to you about using it or
2: been um, to talk about not, it? Not exactly. Um, I think like, they I'm sure all of the teams probably have something that's much more in depth and, and better than the PNHLE. So uh, there are some pretty major flaws inside of the stat. Um, admittedly. Uh, one of those is that time on ice is not incorporated into that. Right. So you might see a player that has, you know, like a, an 80 point potential. Um, and then suddenly they, they make the jump to the NHL. They're stashed on the fourth line and then their point potential looks like 40 points. Right. So the, the stat itself is actually meant to be a trend. So you want several years um, to see, you know, like how are they trending? Most players have at least one year that's an anomaly. So either they spike up really high or it goes down really low. Um, and you have to watch out for that. But you can actually use that to your advantage from a fantasy perspective. You know, if you see one guy, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, Dmitry Zabgorodny. Uh, played for Rimouski this year. Um, His line mate was none other than Alexis Lafreniere. So his stat jumped up way high. And, you know, there's no doubt that he's playing with the best uh, prospect in the, and probably in the entire world. So there's no doubt that his PNHLE kind of skyrocketed. Now he's gone over since to the KHL. He's doing quite well over there um, and could eventually be a good player for Calgary, but you just have to watch out for those little things that aren't built into the app. uh and to the stat.
0: so i'm looking at i just pulled up a player here on the app i just pulled up Corey perry and uh there's a multi-cat fantasy value and it has what looks like nine or ten um uh what are categories here so you got blocks hits goals assists game winning goals power play points shots penalty minutes and plus minus uh do you want to talk about that multi-cat fantasy value
2: yeah, so many of the features um, that I build are primarily for things to help myself out. So right. when I'm looking at a player, like, you know, if I want to pick up Corey Perry, I want to make sure that if I'm in a multi-cat league, um, how good is he actually across the cats? And, you know, if if I'm really strong in goals and assists, maybe I'm lacking in other stats like hits and blocks and uh, plus minus or penalty minutes or things like that. So um we can expect a guy like Corey Perry, he's probably, just because of his age, he's probably going to decrease a little bit. Uh, but you'll notice like he's he's in the 73rd percentile in blocks, uh, 53rd in hits, uh, and his penalty minutes are obviously off the board. And <laughs> if you know Corey Perry, he's kind of like one of those dirtbag players that we love to uh, have on our own team but hate to play against. Um, so, yeah, so it takes a look at about 10 different uh, stats, and it just sort of – Creates what's called a radar chart and gives you a spread of how strong that player is across the board for all different types of categories which can be super helpful yeah i think most most, uh fantasy leagues now are going to the multi-category format and that just gives you a real quick snapshot of you know how good this player is in very specific categories
0: yeah like i didn't um Just looking at it now, I now see the value that that would have if you're doing a fantasy draft, where you're probably going to want to spread your player's value amongst all of those categories, right? You don't want to be overloading on the, the hits value or the power play points value. So
1: exactly. It's really
0: good. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting stat. Um, so obviously the app's doing well. What uh, What are your favorite features of the app?
2: Um, I think like I'm drawn towards the player profiles. There's just so much inside of that. Um, You know, I've got sort of connections with a bunch of sort of outside um, websites right now. So uh, most of the stats are taken from elite prospects, which is kind of the up and coming. It's kind of taken over hockey DB right now and uh, they're just getting bigger and better all the time. Um, I have a collaboration with Dauber, Hockey and Dauber Prospects, which is sort of the, you know, the preeminent, uh, you know, fantasy website, probably on the internet. And um, yeah, so I'm actually building another stat right now called UTE, and it takes a look at NHL players upside, and it's built into their fantasy, um, uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but uh, Frozen Tools, I believe. And uh, so it's going to be coming out on their website fairly soon, um, which is kind of exciting. And it's just... Kind of builds off PNHLE, but takes a look specifically at NHL players and tries to say, this isn't what's necessarily expected of them down the road, uh, but this is their upside. Um, And if they're put in like a prime position, you know, if you land next to an Austin Matthews, for instance, you can expect that your upside. You probably got a much better chance of hitting that.
0: Okay. Um, So obviously you just kind of touched on what's, that's going to be what's coming out for the app as well. Uh, but do you have anything else planned for, to release on the app or how it's going to be used? Anything um, like that?
2: Probably not for the foreseeable future. A lot of it's tweaking. And, you know, like we just finished up the uh, NHL draft not too long ago and free yeah. agency. So a lot of it is just, you know, OK, now i got to get all of those players from the NHL draft, you know, over 200 players now have to be incorporated inside the app. Uh, free agency, all new contracts have to be incorporated as well, the new teams that they're playing for. Um, so a lot of it is just that kind of busy work, and there's bugs all the time that you're trying to fix. And because I, I get most of my stats from somewhere else, whether it's like Elite Prospects or uh, HockeyReference.com or something like that, a lot of times if they change a format on something, you have to kind of catch up and have to yeah. uh, change your, your uh, coding to try to uh, make amends for that.
0: Is it just you that sources all these stats or do you have somebody helping you?
2: Yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is kind of my oh, uh, passion, passion <laughs> project. Yeah. So um, probably much to my wife's d- dismay, I spend way too much time, you know, if I got some free time, it's usually okay. I'm just going to work on the app for a half hour, an hour or something like that on a weekend, but uh, I love it. I enjoy it. And, and I find it really super useful, you know, for my own fantasy leagues. And, you know, if, I, if there's something missing, Um, Usually Mm -hmm. I'll spend some time to try to update that and make sure that it's incorporated into the app. And I think most people that also use it um, are are kind of finding that themselves. And there's so much like little nuance inside of it. Um, You know, if you want to follow your favorite team's prospects. So I know it's like the big Lease logo or or flag in the back. And I don't know if Brandon is also a Lease fan, but um, I'm kind of assuming so. Um, so you can go into the team stats and you can actually take a look at all of their prospects that are playing anywhere in the world. And it kind of ranks them based on, you know, goals, assists, points, and then PNHLE, which is kind of the fundamental piece of that. So uh, a guy like Nick Robertson, um, you know, came actually first at every drafted prospect in the entire world. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick Robertson had the highest PNHLE last year. Now that doesn't include guys that were just drafted. Uh Alexis Lafrenier, Quentin uh Byfield. Uh but last year for all prospects that were already drafted, Nick Robertson uh was top of the charts. So and and we saw him, you know, inside the playoffs and made an impact right away. He's a he's a crazy shot for his stature, I believe. Yeah. And and there's some interesting like pieces just like his his background um, and, you know, one of the youngest kids in the draft, and I think Dubas uh, took a look at some of the underlying numbers and, uh, and thought, you know, this guy is going to be a, like a phenom. He's going to be, you know, probably a top 10 talent. And where they got him in that draft is pretty amazing. Uh,
0: back to Nick Robertson, I remember his PNHLE was like in the hundreds, was it not? Or am I thinking it's something else?
2: Um, yeah, he ended up with an 89 last year.
0: So um, did, did that drop off because of his NHL performance?
2: Um, I think no, because I don't incorporate uh, playoffs inside of that. Um, So I think probably early on, a lot of players, um, you know, if they start the season hot because it's such a small sample size, their PNHLE is really high. And oftentimes it kind of drops over the course of the year. You you notice that now with a lot of the European leagues or quite a few guys um, that uh, have super high PNHLE, and that's going to come down uh, yeah. over the course of like a long sample size.
0: Okay. Um, there's a guy here I, I'm looking at who seems to have a pretty low one, and that's Miko Lenten. Uh Oh, he's on here twice. That's why. Yeah. So let a, me just. A, he's got a 65. So, okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was. But do you think his should be higher? Because he's terrible so... at KHL.
2: Yeah, so um, right now, um, I just actually, this this weekend, I included uh, all prospects that are currently playing and also their last year stats as well. So that'll change over time. So as like, a, you know, the OHL and WHL eventually gets started, we're not sure when that's going to happen. But when it does, I'll probably just focus on this year's stats. Um, but a guy like Miko Lettinen, um, he, like his entire career, he looked like, maybe his top end upside was going to be a third pairing defenseman at the NHL and chances are um, he's probably, he was never drafted. He's probably not going to make the NHL. And then last year out of nowhere for, I think he plays for Yoker in the KHL, uh, but it's a finished team. He, I think he led the league in defensive scoring, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And his PNHLE jumped uh, from 19 the year before to 46 last year. And then this year he's off to an even like more brilliant start. I think he's got a point, nine points, nine games, something like that. He's got a cannon of a shot and his uh, PNHLE is right now 65, yeah, um, which puts him at a first pairing defenseman in the NHL. Um, and I know the Leafs have uh, some pretty interesting um, battles that are going to take place in training camp uh, whenever that happens probably in December, uh, hopefully December, but if not, maybe a little bit into January and he's got a, a legit shot to not just land a spot with the Leafs, but also take for uh, second power play time, I think. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, so you brought up the Leafs. So let's transition to that because they just re-signed uh, Travis Dermott. Um, what did you think of that signing? It was a one-year deal, just under $900,000, is that? Did you see that as fitting? Because I saw some people projecting him as a four million dollar player. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think for that price price tag and considering um, the Leafs' um, their cap issues, I think it's a a brilliant sign. I would like to see more term, but with more term, is obviously going to increase that salary. Um, I mean, he's got such a unique skill set. Um, he can play left or right side. He's a fantastic skater. He's got a high hockey IQ. Um, when riley and muzzin were both out i think in late january early february um, he was able to play that top pairing and actually did quite well against um, some high quality competition Um, i I think like the leafs d right now probably the top four are set in stone um although maybe not so riley and brody i think are going to be a really good fit i really like the brody signing Um, muzzin and I think Justin Hall is going to be paired with Muzzin. I think uh, Sheldon Keefe really likes likes him. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would put him there, but I think yeah, uh, I don't know about that one either. <laughs> yeah. um, and then that means you've got, you know, your third pairing. You've got guys like Dermot, Lettinen, who we were just talking about, Bagosian. Um, I think Sandine is NHL ready right now, and even a sleeper as uh, Timothy Lilligren could fit in there. So. Um, I think Dermott on a third pairing with a second pairing upside um, is a fantastic fit, especially for that price value. Um, right now, I've seen projected that he's going to actually be be paired up with Leppinen. Um, but again, uh, I think Bogosian probably fits in there as a sixth or, sixth or seventh D as well because he's a natural right-handed shot, uh, which are pretty hard to come by. So I think there's, there's just almost unlimited um, – combinations of defensive pairings that you could put out there and it wouldn't surprise me if if Dermot ended up uh, finding some time on on power play too Um, and then if there's injuries down the road you could even slide up. Uh, I think this is a make or break year for him. Um, um, And Some interesting things about it is just his advanced stats which are also included inside of the app. So his IPP uh, was 22 and what IPP is is every time a player scores on the ice and you're on the ice as well it creates a percentage so forwards typically average about 66 percent of the time that if a goal is scored they're going to be either first assist second assist or scored the goal Uh, defense it's usually about 40 44 percent so the fact that his IPP is at 22 Um, suggests that he has a much higher offensive upside than what he showed last year. And part of that could be just, you know, he started the year, came off, uh, I think, shoulder surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and had kind of a slow start, but then started to get better as the year went on. Um, His PDO, which is kind of like puck luck, is uh, 104, um, which is actually quite high. So anything over 100. um, Usually want that to be at 100. Right. Yeah, and and there's other things that get taken into consideration or don't get taken in, into consideration with PDO, and that's you know the players that he's playing with. You know, um, if you're playing all the time with Tavares, Marner, Austin Matthews, you expect the the puck luck. You know, those players end up coming out with the puck more times than not, and oftentimes that contributes to little things like PDO.
0: Oh, that that was uh, that first stat. I didn't realize that was really I knew about his PDO and. Uh it was a little high but that first stat i didn't know about that that was really interesting
1: yeah uh, so- and
2: I, I would say like ipp is one of those hidden stats specifically for fantasy that is one to focus on if you see a forward with a super low ipp uh chances are it's it's one of those stats that always regresses back to the mean so if, you know if, if one year you have a really low you can expect the next year that it's going to come back up so i think i Dermot, you know, is a, is kind of a sleeper in that area.
0: Right. So it's kind of the way I see the contract kind of wrap that up. It's a show me contract. You got one year, 874000 and then a couple extra bucks for that 125. Um, so it's going to be a show me year for him. Another guy that got a deal a deal was Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, he avoided arbitration. Uh, they settled before that and he apparently took a pay cut because he didn't want to see anybody get traded. Um, I don't know how much I believe that. I thought it was a smart PR move, but he got a
2: two-year deal at 1.6 million. What did you think of that one? Um, like, I think he has sneaky upside. I think um, you know, like a guy that could eventually be uh, a top six player um, because I think there's there's a hole next to Marner and Tavares, and the Leafs are going to try to figure out who who do you put there. And he's a guy that I think legitimately has sort of you know um a great chance of landing that spot. And if he does, getting a guy at 1.65 million mm-hmm. for you know a top six is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know he he came off uh the end of the season with wrist surgery. Um so I don't think there you need to worry about that too much because I think he was able to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, his his time in the KHL suggested that he kind of had a third third line upside. Um, but we saw last year that, you know, he was able to contribute um, as a complementary winger. He's never going to be like a possession driver or a line driver, but you don't have to. If Tavares is on your line, if Marner's on your line, um, you know, you just have to make sure you contribute much in the same sense that Zach Hyman is able to do that as well. Um, So his underlying numbers are actually really good. Um, Like across the board, if you take a look at his Corsi and his Fenwick and all these advanced stats, he finishes pretty much in the top 25 percent in almost every single category. And his primary point percentage, um, which is a it's like a. A rate that says, you know, if he's getting equivalent ice time to some of the best players in the league, he actually finished 74 percent in In the league which is fantastic it means that he's probably got a lot of uh extra point potential that he hasn't tapped into yet especially for the fact that he didn't get any power play time pretty much the entire season
0: Mm -hmm. so he uh yeah i thought it was a good contract i mean they avoided arbitration which is always nice because we've heard horror stories coming out of those arbitration meetings uh they pretty much sit you down and tell you why you're not good at your job i don't think anybody would want to go through that Uh, Another contract I found interesting, and maybe I didn't like it, maybe you can convince me otherwise, was the Max Doby contract in Columbus. Um, What were your thoughts on that? Because I thought it was a little uh, not so good.
2: Yeah, so, so here's what I would say. Like if I was gonna break this down specifically from a fantasy perspective, but oftentimes there's a lot of similarities between real life value and fantasy value um so he's coming off his second worst year career wise and that includes like uh his time in the ohl with the london knights Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like that buy low so and you're always looking for that right um but it also means that his his salary probably should have been a little bit less than maybe what he signed for
0: he got 5.3 over two years yeah which will walk him right to ufa
2: right exactly so that's a little bit scary um he never seemed to fit in with Claude Julian's system. Um, you know, like, I think he's naturally a center, and most of the time he was spending on the wing this, this past year. Uh, his frequent line mates were are Terry Lekkonen and Nick Suzuki, and Suzuki's a great player, but at the same time he's a rookie. So if you put him, you know, next to, uh, let's say, I don't know, Thomas T- Tatar fantastic, Brandon Gallagher, um, I'm guessing his stats probably would have looked a lot nicer uh, the fact that he only got 17 minutes a night, I think he's going to get a lot more time in Columbus. And part of that is just the contract. If you're willing to pay a guy over $5 million, he's going to play. He's going to play yeah. a lot. and play on the power play. Um, his uh, underlying advanced stats numbers are kind of really good, but almost all of Montreal is. Montreal is like a shoot first team, mm-hmm. and they end up leading most of the categories, the Phil nose and the... Uh, um, Thomas Tatar, those guys are some of the best in the league, which is a little bit misleading because of the style of play that they, they just put everything they can on net and they're hoping for rebounds for tip shots or whatever. Um, his next year, I, like, it'll be interesting to see who he lines up with. I'm guessing Gustav Nyquist and Cam Atkinson right now, which could actually yeah. provide pretty decent value. Um So overall, like uh, if if we just go back to some of those advanced stats to the PDO that we talked about earlier. So his PDO was 98.6, which says he actually had pretty bad puck luck last year, which might show like why he had such a drop off in terms of overall points. Uh, His IPP was 61. So again, average is about 66. So it's quite low. Uh, which suggests that he's probably going to have a little bit of a breakout. And just the fact that he's going to get prime deployment from a fantasy perspective, he's a guy that I could potentially go after.
0: Nice. And then uh, I think the, the coaching fit is good for him as well with John Taranella there. I mean, and Brandon, you had, you had this, you sent me it. He didn't get along well with Claude Julian there. And they even had that story coming out that uh, they were unhappy with him going into the play-in round because he was late to the bubble. What was that all about?
1: So there, yeah, there was a, uh... A Toronto Sun article here. Sorry that I, uh, I got sent. I know someone actually. My mom walks a dog with someone who is a producer for TSN, uh, and he sent me this uh, Toronto Sun article. I'll just read it. Where I, uh, where it was highlighted, I said the beginning of the end for Max Domi with the Montreal Canadiens started when he took, when he took the, when he took time to thoughtfully determine whether he would participate in return to play because of his diabetes. Domi was Domi made a wise choice in taking his time. The Habs, I'm told, were not so impressed. Yeah, that doesn't like, sound good.
0: I don't even know what that I don't know where to start. Like the guy's diabetic and you know, you're going into a bubble, you want to make the right decision, and they're rushing in for it. So that probably started to taint the relationship a little bit too. So hopefully a new scenery will be good for him and maybe I'll come around on the contract. I just thought it was a high price for him coming off the year he had. But yeah. could be a good value player. Um Maybe that will be that'll wake him up a little bit. Uh, who's your team? What, what team do you support?
2: I'm a huge diehard Blackhawks fan. So, okay, um, okay. We, yeah, we've had a pretty successful run the last decade, but I think um, just with the reports that are coming out this, this past week, actually, we um, yeah, have that too. Yeah, we're now officially in rebuild mode. And I think we've been in that, but now uh, the the Blackhawks are making a choice to be uh, more transparent about it um, to the dislike of guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Um, You know, if you're spending $10.5 on those two guys each, uh, it's pretty tough to say, you know, we're going to start rebuilding for the next couple of years. So do you think they'll
0: trade any of those guys? Because they've still got some term left.
2: Um, yeah, they definitely have term left. So it's the choice is going to be up to them. I think they have both uh, full no move clauses. So I think they realized uh, my understanding was that Bowman actually sat down with the, the core group that's left there. So Taves Kane, Keith and Seabrook and basically said, you know, this is the rebuild. It doesn't say we're going to blow things up like the Rangers did. We still got these core pieces or they're, they're all able to contribute moving forward but we have to have a focus on developing prospects and giving those guys an opportunity so instead of you know going out and trying to fill your roster with these vets that are worth you know a million bucks it doesn't make sense because we're not going to do too much in the playoffs even if we make the playoffs so let's give these guys an opportunity the kirby docs the adam boquist mm-hmm. um, give them prime deployment see what they can do and then, uh, you know, if we end up with a top 10 draft pick on top of that, that's how you actually build your development system. Is Alex but, Nylander there now? He is. Um, yeah. So he, so there's a guy I'm not very high on, Alex Nylander. Um, he uh, I don't know. He's got all the tools. Um, surprisingly, he does well like back checking and, you know, he's not great in the defensive zone, but he busts his ass to get back there. Um but uh he just can't finish he just you know even if he's playing with Kane you know he just there's just something missing out, out of his game but I think he's going to get another opportunity it's hard to imagine that he just finished his rookie year it seems like he's been a prospect forever but yeah. uh you know I I don't know I think um from my understanding they're planning planning on uh lining him up with either Taves or Kane this year on the left side so you know I you're probably just, I, I could probably play on the left side. and yeah, I, them. The way.
0: I think uh, if, if their rebuild goes as, as well as the Rangers did, and I think they're trying to take the same approach with releasing that letter and everything. I think the Rangers yeah. got in front of it a little bit quicker, um, but the Rangers are their competitors. Now they're, especially with all the signing, they got that first round pick. Um, they might've lucked into that because it was a yeah. not so typical lottery draw, but um, yeah, if they can follow that rebuild structure, I think they'll be fine within two to three years. But if they yeah. can, uh, if there's bad blood and no communication between the front office and the players, I think that's where you start to get into trouble, right? And,
2: Absolutely. Uh, the For fan sure. base,
0: the fan base is going to take the player sides because they brought them three cups. So hopefully, yeah. they get that figured out. Uh, Brandon, do you have anything else you want to bring up?
1: Honestly, no. I'm glad you mentioned that article, but uh, this was up to you. This was this was a lot of uh, your findings and research, and I super my eyes are super i honestly was i didn't expect who to see behind the app right like i i had no clue until i saw your face on the zoom call i know you guys might have been talking a little bit but it's really interesting to see your face and to hear it because it's hard to understand it by going through all the sections on it but if you hear it through a demonstrational talk or whatever then now i was sitting there the whole time almost just doing the fantasy with the forwards and the goalies, just contributing to the the algorithm right
2: awesome so, uh, yeah do that and, all day. yeah and that's kind of the point sometimes you know um you know before bed i actually get in and 45 yeah. minutes has passed. i'm like holy crap you know i gotta yeah. get up sure. early in the morning and uh, i learned yeah.
1: i learned so much and i've been playing hockey since i was three and at a very competitive level too so but since coronavirus it's kind of my age and the level of hockey now it's kind of like i either go into like seniors senior men's professional or whatever or amateur but or play beer league so it's not like junior hockey for me anymore but it's uh so the fantasy side and and talking sports is interesting so this and you creating an app is it's and it's really really technical too which what you've been in studying for as well which i've heard so that's I, i the the credibility for the app for me is great Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It was great having you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. yeah thanks. Uh, anything else to add, Mason? I'll plug anything.
2: No, like, uh, I mean, pretty much just the app, uh, you know, yeah. give it a, a test drive. If you haven't uh, downloaded it, it's on, um, Android and Apple, um, which kind of has its own, you know, you actually have to create the app twice completely from scratch. <laughs> is- you no, know, I started with, uh, Uh, just iOS and iPhones to begin with, and then decided, you know, I'm losing out on half a market here. So I spent really probably the last year, year and a half working on the Android app. And it's all about just adding features all the time. There's going to be bugs. So, you know, things might crash every once in a while, but it's just a matter of I don't have enough time. I don't have a team of developers behind me working on it. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's something that I use all the time for my fantasy purposes. Um, One of the big ones actually that I've, uh, been working on is uh, the DFS. So I don't know if either of you guys are into uh, daily fantasy, um, whether I mean, you can't really play hockey right now, but football and stuff like that. Um, I, I used to be in the daily fantasy and I got shafted
0: in the uh, Leafs Carolina game when David Aries came in and I haven't played since. So,
2: all right. yeah, I don't blame him. Um, totally um, recovered, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I give myself about five bucks a day to play on. So I'm not uh, a huge gambler or whatever, but uh, like my goal is just if I can uh, beat the algorithm. So it's all built inside the app, too. So I I came up with an algorithm to try to find out who are the best value players to play that day. And then from that, um, everyone's going to come up with a different lineup. So it doesn't say, you know, you automatically have to pick Connor McDavid today, but You're going to have a choice probably between you know 10 guys and then you start to build and stack your lineups through that and you know it's something that i constantly tweak and i think it gets a little bit better and you know i've done quite well usually you know put in let's say a thousand bucks a year uh and i end up with you know two thousand at the end of the year so usually typically you know you get on stretches that you run and you get on cold stretches as well but uh pretty much you know i've done pretty well on that that's
1: awesome
0: Well, this has been great. Thanks for coming on. Uh, We'll put a link down below to the app downloaded both stores. Uh, Do you want us to link to your Twitter as well? Get some more followers on there. Sure.
2: Yeah, that's always fun.
0: Uh, Thanks for coming on. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. This has been great. All right, guys. appreciate it. No problem. Talk to you later.
2: All right. Take care.